it's kind of like exercise. You can't exercise for a month and then expect to see those results for the rest of your life. You know, you built up some like biceps and then you're like, okay, I'm good. I'll never work out again. Or, you know, <laughs> you go to therapy once and you're just like cheered from whatever. You know, you have to continue to do things like brush your teeth and take care of your body. And so for me, eating beans, as far as I know, is what I will plan to do forever. Hello, and welcome to Your Great with your host, Unique Hammond. I created this space for those seeking inspiration and tools along their healing path. One of the things I learned on my own healing journey is that healing my body took healing my relationship with my body, my emotional body, and spiritual body as well. It meant getting honest with myself and doing the work and being consistent. And honestly, I wasn't prepared to do any of those things. These were not muscles that I had built in my life. And the healing process really taught me these muscles that I use every day to this day to stay in remission with my autoimmune disorder, Crohn's disease. I'm excited to present an healing story with Julie Bauer of Paleo OMG. She came with some sensitivities, but mostly with cystic acne. She started my course and we began our conversations about healing. And I was so surprised to see a well-known paleo person join my course that at first I felt shy. Like, how am I gonna talk to her about beans? Beans are hated in the paleo world. And I was so refreshed when I spoke to Julie and what came out of her mouth when I said beans, she said, I'm for whatever works. I just want to have good skin and feel great. And I knew right then that this would be an incredible human being to work with and to just know she is bright and smart and hardworking and she is for whatever works. I hope you enjoy this incredible conversation. We had this in December 6, 2020. Enjoy. You always look amazing. I, you're, you know, one of the stories that I do follow quite often. I'm like, how does she look good every day? Like there's half the days I would not put my face on Instagram. <laughs> I know. I, I feel like through, throughout quarantine, especially when my skin was really bad, the only thing that made me feel in control was putting on makeup because everything was out of control, especially my skin. And so now I've just got in that habit of like putting on makeup every single day. No, but you look great every single day. If I were, see, when I put on makeup, like I, the more I put on, the less attractive I get. <laughs> so you put on makeup and it always looks so good. And I'm like, you could take, somebody could take a picture of you from any angle and you would look good. I know that. Oh, you're so yeah. nice. Oh my God. You're so nice. Big fan. Big fan. <laughs> you're so sweet. I would love for you to share kind of your skin journey and what brought you to the beans. Yep. So... I have had acne, I mean, since I was 13, like if not earlier, and I've kind of gone through different bouts of it. And then when I started doing CrossFit and I went paleo, I mean, this was back in 2010, as I started getting really, I was competing at the time and I was eating strict paleo, my skin was out of control. It was so painful. It was completely cystic acne covering my face and under my neck. 
And I finally threw in the towel because I'd done a bunch of different prescriptions. I was like, I'm doing exactly what I should be doing. I'm eating paleo. I'm not eating sugar. I'm not eating dairy. What else is there? And I was having all these people tell me like, you just need to cut out dairy. I'm like, okay, I've done all that. And so I finally went on Accutane. Accutane, of course, you know, cleared it up. And then after a year, after being off Accutane, a year later, my acne came back. And so my dermatologist was either like, we could put you back on Accutane or we can put you on Spironolactone. So I went on Spironolactone, which I'm sure if people are watching this, they have all heard of that or may hear of it at some point. And it really helped clear up my skin. And I was like, okay, sweet. And then as I got, you know, a little bit older and I was on it for years, I'm like, I don't want to continue to be on medication my whole life. Like, I don't even like taking ibuprofen, let alone taking a prescription every single day. And, you know, if I ever have kids, you know, you're not supposed to be on spiral on lactone. And I'm like, there has to be something else. So I went back to my dermatologist and she, you know, was like, how about we just put you on an antibiotic? We'll just clear everything out all the bad bacteria. And I'm okay, but you understand like a Z-Pack is going to kill all my good bacteria too. Like to me, a Z-Pack is supposed to be when you are in dire situations. Like I took it when bronchitis and I was getting really bad. It's not supposed to be in this situation where you're trying to heal everything from inside out. And so that's when I was getting really frustrated. And my dog almost died this year. So I went through a really stressful It was a full 16 days, but then the stress lasts, you know, after that, because I continually thought he was going to die. And I was like waking up at night wondering if he wasn't breathing. And so that stress just took over and my skin was the worst it had been in probably like six years or so. And so I was feeling so upset, so sad, depressed every day. And I was on a walk with my friend Jess and I was telling her of how frustrating it was. And she had told me she had just listened to the expanded podcast with you on it. And she told me about you and Karen Hurd and talked about the bean protocol. And I was like, no way. Like, no, that's stupid. No way. You know, paleo does not say yes to beans and I haven't had beans. And if I ever do eat beans, my stomach feels bloated. So that's my body saying it doesn't want them. So I listened to the podcast with you first. And then I listened to Karen Hurd's podcast as well on Expanded. And I just thought to myself, I'm like, what do I have to lose? Like, why, why not try this? And if it doesn't work for me, like it's just food. It's not medication. It's not these prescription gels. It's not this crazy regimen that I'll have to do at night with my skincare. It is literally just food. And your story, along with Karen telling her different stories and her story with her daughter, I'm like, there has to be something to this. And it makes sense when you guys break it down, what happens. So, you know, I started the bean protocol. I think I reached out to you maybe a couple weeks after I'd started the bean protocol. I just started it on my own. And then I downloaded your e-course and, you know, booked some calls with you. And I mean, within the first month, my skin was already clearing up. I mean, it was literally like within two weeks, I started seeing my skin change. And I did, of course, I cut out caffeine. That was a big one. That was a really, really hard one. When I look back, I'm like, okay, it's not that bad. But when you're in it, you know, it always feels, change is always hard. Sugar wasn't hard, but caffeine was the hardest part. And then just changing how you ate. 
you know, you're just used to how you eat. And so adding in beans and, you know, it just feels a little bit different. I'm feeling bloated and of course, super gassy at first because I just went full on. I didn't go slowly into it. That's usually how I am. I just dive in deep. And so the gas was, you know, bad for two to three months. I think after I got to the two month mark, it like completely cleared up. And then I would have some like residual depending on what beans I ate, because I'll just like test out other beans to see how they go. And so that part was hard. And I think that's why so many people are like, I can't do this. I can't do it. And I'm like, I get it. That sucks. Having gas sucks, especially if you're like single trying to date. That would be terrible. So luckily, I have a husband who doesn't notice much. And so he didn't notice. But I, my skin continued to clear month to month over and over. And I would feel frustrated sometimes because I would feel like, okay, maybe it's not working anymore because I would get around my period and I would feel like I would just be able to do the same thing. And I really needed to bean up and add more. And so that was a frustrating point, but I didn't give up and I would talk to you and you would tell me like, it's okay. You just got to stick with it. And especially I just got to my six month mark. And you said like six months, you know, that's when a lot of change begins to really happen for people, depending on their, what they suffer with whatever's going on in their gut and their acne. And I got to that six month mark. I'm maybe a couple weeks over it. And my skin is continually getting better and better and better. It's crazy. It's crazy. It is crazy. And it, and I have to tell you, like the stories and the people I work with and the, and the changes that happen in people's diet and I know you and I had this conversation because a lot of people are like, oh, well, if you cut out caffeine and sugar, things are going to get better anyway. But it's 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 more than that, especially when you're dealing with hormonal imbalances. And it's amazing how many clients I get who are either owners of CrossFit or CrossFit people with really bad skin and hormonal imbalances. And all you can think is like pumping that much adrenaline and working yourself that hard really is a part of that story, you know, because I see it in so many, you know, when somebody comes to me and the, they start feeling better and their skin clears up and they're like, I'm going to do CrossFit. And I'm like, I don't know, maybe, maybe not, maybe, maybe not do CrossFit, but, or maybe do like a, a lesser intense version of CrossFit or something. But yeah, it is, it, it really is incredible. I mean, skin wasn't one of my issues. I, in the process of being sick, I have rashes and weird, like, things showing up on my skin and stuff like that. But I've never had like intense acne. And I can only imagine how how fucked up that is because you're walking around in the world and it's right there. You know, my skin rashes I could hide in skin in my clothing. You know, the face is is pretty intensive. But anyway, that six month, nine month, 12 month, like I have people on this protocol for such a long time. I mean, I have people who are just like, this is my way of life now. And my skin and my energy and my hormones are only continuing to get better. And my sleep. Sleep is another big one that gets thrown out by by hormones. Kind of going back to that CrossFit thing, I wish I could push that into people's heads a little bit more because especially in this time of the world that we're in right now, high-intensity exercise is just everywhere. And it's what we're taught is like the best thing, especially as females. We're taught that we have to do high-intensity all the time to get results. And it's just it's just not true. And when I was... In the CrossFit world, I was very much addicted to exercise. You get addicted to adrenaline. You get addicted to the fight or flight mode. And when I was starting to come out of CrossFit, I, I remember crying because I felt like I was, wasn't doing enough for my body when I was just doing kind of like a normal exercise or going down in weight. 
and now I'm in this point of in my life that when I have something stressful going on, when my work gets really stressful, I have something going on, I don't work out. And it's all because, honestly, the bean protocol of learning what stress does to the body. And when my dog on the side, the stress was out of control. And now when my stress levels are high, I don't work out for de-stressing. And that's where we're tied. It makes you feel better because it gets you endorphins. But it really just puts more issues onto the body, more toxins into the body, and it's just going to hurt the skin long term. And so now I'll skip a workout. I'll just let my body rest. And if I'm pushing it to high intensity, I take a few days off and then I kind of regroup of like, okay, I shouldn't be working out quite like that. And I change my path. But I wish we could stress that more. You know, hopefully people get that on this call is think about your exercise. If it is high intensity all the time and you are suffering from different health issues, if it's acne, if it's any kind of health issue, exercise is a part of that too. It's not just like de-stressing in other ways. You have to look at your exercise. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because I think in a lot of healing paths, people are always like, oh, get workout like as part of healing. And sometimes it's the opposite that your body actually needs is to be working out while you're trying to heal. It's kind of weird because everywhere you go and every doctor you speak to, they're like, oh, make sure you get physical exercise. And sometimes it's actually the opposite. It's like, take a little bit of the load off, relax. Like I used to be a crazy weasel working out all the time and running and trail running and doing all this stuff. And when I got sick, I was at the best shape, quote unquote, I had ever been at. The whole like looking healthy, but not being healthy is is something I feel like needs to be broken down, especially for women. It's like, just because you look in shape doesn't mean you're actually healthy. If you're not actually taking care of your body and you're pushing it all the time and you're trying to be a certain size or look a certain way and you're not feeding yourself properly and there's so many different components, it's not skin deep. Health is a totally different conversation than just how you look anyway. And now I work out the least I've ever worked out and I have my favorite body. Like it's my favorite body. I'm like, this is my favorite body. Yeah, it's not the body I thought I wanted, but it's my favorite body because it's healthy, it's strong, it's resilient. You know, I like it. I'm a fan. And I work out for only 30 minutes every day. Yeah, and you're healthy. And that's like the biggest thing. That's why people work out is to be healthy. And so you have to find that right balance of exercise to make sure you're your healthiest. What I loved about the Bean Protocol is I thought I had everything right. I thought that eating paleo was the best because it had worked so well for me in the past, like getting away from gluten helped so much. And so I was like, this is the way it is. Like I'm getting enough fiber and just eating enough vegetables. And then the bean protocol opened my eyes to, okay, there is a different way and it's different for everybody. Like my body is going to be different than your body and our needs are going to be a little bit different. And so play around with things. And so now I'm eating oats and I'm eating beans, like things I never ate. I didn't eat for 10 years and I've never felt better. And I have the least amount of exercise I've done in 10 years and I've never felt better. So I, if I could push that to people, it's remember that you don't know it all and to try different things because your body changes throughout the years and something that worked 10 years ago in that moment might not work for you now. So be open to other ideas. Don't don't be scared of them because they're different than what you thought was right. Well, we also get really attached to labels. Like I'm paleo, so that means I don't eat X, Y, and Z. And I'm this, so I don't eat these things. A lot of people, you know, think that they can get enough 
fiber. And you can from vegetables, wonderful dietary fibers. They just don't have soluble fiber. And that's the bigger conversation that nobody's really talking about. It's like, oh, fiber. Oh, I can get that in some oats. Oatmeal has a fraction of the amount of soluble fiber that the body actually needs. So it's really letting go of this idea of like, oh, I get enough fiber by eating vegetables. You are, you are dietary fiber, just not soluble fiber. And soluble fiber is really the missing key for people's health imbalances and their hormonal imbalances and, and gut health as well. So I think in a world where we are very stressed out and then we stress our bodies out with really hardcore workouts, you need something as a counterbalance. And what I love about this protocol is that it's such an incredible counterbalance to our crazy lives, our stressed out lives, especially now during a pandemic where people are just kind of like unsure of what the world is going to be moving forward. Like, I feel like this protocol allows me to just feel calm and, and centered and not you know, out of control with stress all the time. It really, to me, what it's done for me, one of the things it's done for me beyond giving me my health back is giving me a sense of calm where I really do not worry about the things that I cannot control. <laughs> Completely. I feel that same way. I started the protocol in May and, you know, kind of mid when we went down into quarantine a bit and I felt really good throughout. I was able to deal with that stress so much better and, you know, whenever I do something stressful, like I go get Botox, which, you know, is just stressful on the body. You're always like being up. You're not like, hey, you can't do that. And you're like, OK, we're just going to bean up and just make sure we're like processing through any of the toxins that are in your body. And it's, you know, you have to deal with the different stressors that come up when you're taking care of your body in the best way possible. It's so much easier to deal with those stressors. Yeah. And, and it also is having, like, I just don't think there's enough education about bile and hormones and the enterohepatic recirculation and how it works in the body. What Karen did was really kind of stumble upon something that was right in front of everybody's faces, but nobody was really interacting with it. You know, there was all of these like liver cleanses and let's go ahead and force the liver to detox. But if, if the liver doesn't have a trash bag for the bile, to get out of the body, then it just recirculates at the, the, at 95%, it, our bile recirculates. And in our bile is all of those excess hormones, all of those medications you're taking, uh, birth control pill, you know, chemical hormones, like all of these things that we put into our body. And we just think that we're going to pee everything out, but not everything is water soluble. A lot of things are fat soluble. And to me, like having the beans as part of your healthy living lifestyle is, is almost essential in today's world like incredibly so. And I have people who come to me from so many different, you know, ways of life and living, and they're just adding beans in some of them. And they're just like, I, I get love letters from people who are not even working with me. We're just adding beans in because of hearing my story and hearing people's results like yours and going, fuck it. I'm just going to add beans in. And yeah, I was a little gassy and that was a little uncomfortable, but I feel amazing. I'm sleeping better. I feel calmer. I don't have as much anxiety the levels that it has worked for people to me is is mind blowing because when I did it, I was like, oh, this is for Crohn's disease. And then I, and then my painful periods disappeared. Like I had horrible endometriosis and horrible painful periods every single month and they just went away. And I remember saying to Karen, because we never even talked about it because I'm a lifer on the beans. And she was like, oh, yeah, it helps your hormones, too. And I was like, but son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was just it was incredible to me. Um, and that's since I've been on the protocol, I mean, I think in the past six months, I've had one cramp on my period. This past month, I had like one cramp for like an hour. 
And it wasn't like any crazy painful. It was just like, oh, okay, my period's coming type of feel. When I shared that on Instagram stories, the feedback I got from women who were like, what? Okay, sign me up. It wasn't even acne related. They didn't give a crap about that. It was literally, they have terrible, painful periods and they don't want to live like that anymore. And the being protocol helps you not live that way anymore. Like mine have completely gone away. If I get one, it's very, very light. And usually I try, I'm like two days before my period right now. So I try to bean up before to really counteract any of those. And you just have to pay more attention to it. You have to be more aware of it. And if you're more aware, you're going to feel better. So it's a pretty easy thing to be more aware of. Wait, how do you look so good two days out from your period? Because I don't know about you, but something happens to me where I literally feel like everything turns yellow. Like in a dark circle. Wait, how do you look so good? It's called a spray tan. So you just need to get spray tans more often. <laughs> it's called fake, fake, and fake. <laughs> and awesome. There is a, there's a on, an ongoing joke in my family that if you walk into a room and it smells like farts, it's probably farts. <laughs> I have a friend who's married to a guy and can't smell. And I'm like, oh my God, you could be like, this is perfect. <laughs> Seriously, Brian has like no sense of smell. It's pretty great. It's so, yeah, it is, it's really nice. I mean, most people just blame the dog, but I will say that after, you know, and there's still times like if I'm really stressed out, that's the other thing to talk about with beans and people being like, oh, they make you gassy. They do because your body's actually fermenting a lot of those fibers, but we'll also get gassier naturally around times where we're either really stressed out or pumping a lot of adrenaline, working out hard, close to our periods. These are times where we will tend to pump a lot more adrenaline and ferment our food instead of digest it properly. So mm. that's one of the things that are going on for a lot of women when they do get gassy. And I, one of the questions I feel like I see the most is like, is this forever? Like, is the bean protocol forever? Because is it something you can just do, clear your acne and then, you know, move on from it? And two things I want to say with that. One thing I think this is like getting a little bit more traction is people are finding out about like blue zone areas and these blue zone areas where people live much longer, like healthier lives. All of these areas include beans in them. Yep. And that's for a reason. And number two to that, you, it's kind of like exercise. You can't exercise for a month and then expect to see those results for the rest of your life. You know, you built up some like biceps and then you're like, okay, I'm good. I'll never work out again. (laughs) <laughs> or, you know, you go to therapy once and you're just like cheered from whatever. You know, you have to continue to do things like brush your teeth and take care of your body. And so for me, eating beans, as far as I know, is what I will plan to do forever. I don't go as strict as like drinking the beans like I was in the first two months when I'm just like trying to clear this acne out. And, you know, I'm like pureeing them and just keeping them in a thermos to drink them all day long. That's not what I'm doing now, but I do eat beans five to six times a day. If, you know, I don't get to it because I, whatever, I'm traveling or something like that, that's life. But I really do plan to have those things with me so I can make sure I stick with it. And I plan to always incorporate beans into my diet. And that's how I plan to live long-term because if it means my acting is going to stay cleared long-term, then I will stick with it. I had it for, I don't know, 20 plus years. And I don't 
want to have it anymore. So I plan to stick with it. Not as strict as the first two months on the bead protocol, much a uh, little more fluid and easier. But yes, it's something I think you have to actually stick with. Do I have some sugar sometimes? Yes. Do I have a cocktail sometimes? Yes. But I still can continually eating those beans to kind of counteract that and to live my best life. My hair's never been healthier. Like my nails are super strong. I mean, why wouldn't I continue eating them? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you don't floss your teeth once, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Kind of nasty if you did. But yeah, I'm happy that you have found your balance. And I think that's a big thing that people worry about. Like, oh, you know, you need to have to eat this strictly forever. And my answer is, no, like while you're healing your body, depending on your health and balances, it, it can you, going all in is important to kind of get ahead of your inflammation um, and hormones and all that stuff. And resting is important. And also, you know, there's people on this protocol who are doing it for skin, for hormones, for other health imbalances. And if somebody's like, I have clients who are really, really sick and have horrible gut issues, they have to be 100% all in. If they're not, they they just never get ahead of healing, really. So for everybody else, and like get the results you want and then find your balance with it. For some people, it's 80-20. For other people, it's 90-10. Uh, I went through, I've been on the bean protocol for almost eight years now. And in that time, I've played with 80-20, 90-10. And, and now I'm more like 95-5, which is really weird, but I don't feel restricted. I just feel really good and I do have a tequila shot sometimes and I do have things off protocol sometimes, but it's like, I just find myself really not gravitating to sugar. I used to be an absolute addict and could not imagine my life without sugar. And now I don't even think about it, which is crazy because I feel like we're, as humans, we're ge geared for sugar and quick release sugar, right? For things that hit your bloodstream really fast and those super palatable foods and I think it's almost we fight our human nature in a weird way, not having sugar, but I don't feel that way anymore. Like if, if my daughter brings it into the house, I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't even, I don't care. You can have it. Like I just have no interest in it anymore. It's weird. That was something I, I've done like different sugar detoxes in the past and cut out sugar, you know, for my skin, especially. And now on the bean protocol after six months, like last night I had some like kettle corn, and most of the time when I'm like starting to crave something and I would normally go to sugar because I have plenty of sugar in our house. We have like all kinds of different treats in our house. And I will like go into the pantry and I'm like, no, oh, I'm good. I'm going to just like go have some beans or go have <laughs> something salty. Like I'll find myself like having some sort of chip or something. I just <laughs> find salty way yeah. more um, enjoyable now. And I never felt that way. I was always a sugar person to the max. I've come from a mom who's addicted to sugar and I've always loved sugar. And this was the first time that I don't feel like I'm craving it. I just, yeah. if I really want something like last night, I wanted kind of sweet and salty crunch. And then I had some of that, but before I would feel restricted from different like detoxes and protocols. And I don't feel that way anymore. I just don't really want it. And if I do, I'll have a little something, but it'll be like a much smaller portion instead of gorging myself because I felt so restricted before. Now it, I think of it as like, you know, my skin is not going to really love that sugar anyways. So unless I really, really want that, then don't have it. And if you're really, really wanting it, cool. But if my skin doesn't, then I, I'm going to leave my skin alone. Skin first, man. Skin first. 
when you're doing the protocol to get results and, you know, or any protocol and you restrict yourself to try to get results, as soon as you get your results, most people then spin out because I talked about it recently where it's like power versus force. Force is restricting yourself and, and, and kind of like holding on, you're holding on to get your results. And then as soon as you get your results, you're like, and the wheels come off and power is I choose health. And it doesn't mean you're not going to choose sugar sometimes. It might be part of the things that you choose, but you choose it versus like you have no control over it and you just are eating all of the sugar or something. And that's kind of what the restriction does for a lot of people is it causes that desire to binge on something versus going, I choose health. And in my healthy path, sometimes I might have sugar, sometimes I might not. But it's not about restriction. It's about choice. And I think choice is so much more powerful than restricting ourselves anyway you know it's always a choice even if some somebody's really trying to heal something it's always a choice to do something for your body or not do something for your body and and i think knowing i have the choice to eat sugar whenever i want because i'm healthy and i feel right and if i want sugar i'm gonna have it it just hasn't appealed to me where it's not even about restriction i just look at it nothing i feel nothing for you it's like it's like seeing an old leper and be like wow i just feel nothing like i just feel nothing for you that's how i feel about sugar i just like I feel nothing for you. I nor want you or hate you or anything. I just, I don't have any interest in you. And that's something that I think comes up a lot is alcohol. You know, not even sugar as much, but alcohol, which, you know, is sugar at the same time. But I, that is what I think people have a really hard time with. And I try to think of it as the same thing. I'm choosing my health and none of my friends understand it. I mean, they respect it, but none of them understand it. And to me, I'm choosing to be my healthiest person possible. And sometimes a cocktail plays into that because it's just out with my friends and I'm having fun. But 99% of the time, it doesn't play into that health story that I want to create. Like we're going to be on a vacation for New Year's and everybody's going to be drinking. And I was like, they're all saying how I need to stay up till midnight and they're pushing it on me because they know I can't. Yeah, come on. Like, why wouldn't you want to stay up on New Year's? I'm like, because I want to wake up in the new year feeling like my best version of myself. And that's because I want to choose the healthiest life for myself and not saying anything bad about what they want to do, but that's what I choose for myself. And that's that power of, you know, turning down drinks and turning down sugar, especially with the holidays coming up when you have family pushing things on you because. They're insecure about their own stuff. And so they push it on to you. You have to stay strong in your own health journey and choosing your own path and deciding what is most important to you. And for me, what's important to me is keeping my skin clear and feeling like the best version of myself and waking up feeling rejuvenated for a good day. So I just want to push that because I feel like it's just not talked about enough. Alcohol is not talked about enough on social media, especially it's very glorified in our society. And that plays a part into adding stress to your body that, you know, makes it harder for you to heal uh, from the inside out. Yeah. And, and what you're talking about is so important. And, and I talk about it because it's kind of subtle bullying that happens when somebody doesn't want to do what everybody else is doing, Right. And that everybody else is like, oh, come on, you have to do it. And it's and it's subtle bullying because for me, you know, I spent so much time not taking care of myself to do what everybody was doing, right? Okay, we're doing this. Let's do that. Okay, you're eating this. Let's eat that. 
And when I started to differentiate myself and go, wow, I actually have to take care of my body and what's right for my body, despite what everybody else is doing, I had to be able to stand up for myself. And that is such a hard thing to do because I think we're pack animals and we feel our community by everybody joining in together in something. And to be different and to feel okay, I realized like I had to start standing up for myself and just say, hey, totally fine if you guys do this. But I just, my body does not appreciate this, this, whatever it is, if it's rounds of shots or staying up really late, like I feel like shit the next day and I don't really want to feel like shit anymore just to kind of join in on this. I can perfectly have fun being sober, you know, like having one drink or I usually regret the second drink anyway. But I think the subtle bullying that happens is really hard because if you, if you don't feel strong in yourself, then you crumble to it. You know, if you don't feel strong, like, hey, I'm not doing this because I'm restricting myself. I'm doing this because I'm taking care of myself. And I know this looks weird to you and I know that you may not agree with it, but, you know, I get it. But um, you do you, right? You do you and I'll do me. Um, and I tell my clients, I'm like, you're the only one who has to live in your body. Nobody else does that. So if you don't protect the castle, who's going to do that? Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I when I was doing CrossFit, I started doing CrossFit when I was like 21. And so as soon as I graduated college, I started competing. And my goal was to be an athlete and drinking did not play into that. And at the same time, the community I was in with the CrossFit community, they were all big drinkers. And so I would get shit about all the time. And I mean, I was 22. So it's like all the only friends I had were partying. And so that meant I spent all weekends in by myself alone, you know, missing out on different times. But what was important to me was a certain goal in mind. And now my goal has shifted in a different way that I just want to live a healthy life, feeling my best every single day. And not everybody's going to understand that, but you truly have to find your self-worth and be most proud of yourself for sticking up for yourself because nobody else is going to stick up for you. So you have to find comfort in your own skin, comfort maybe being alone, comfort maybe not being the drunk one, comfort being uncomfortable sometimes when people are drunk, whatever it might be. And you have to find comfort in that. And that's really hard. And that's why most people just give in. Holidays are really hard. I've been incredibly proud of a lot of my clients who are just like, I made it through the holidays really well and didn't have too much of an issue. And a lot of my family actually respected what I'm doing, which I that's find great. amazing. Yeah. To have that kind of support from your family. So what are you guys doing for the holidays and how does it interact? Like, are you staying in town or trap road trip? Yeah, we'll be in town and then we'll leave for New Year's, but we're going to be here for our holidays. We hosted our house and our family's really small. So we'll have our family over and it'll be really chill and everybody knows how I eat. So it's never a problem or that I don't really drink. So that's never a problem with us other than New Year's. But yeah, it'll be really chill. That's fun. Yeah. Same here. Everybody in my family is, yeah, they're, I have my family. I'm actually one of eight kids. And I know, I know. And they're all over and I will not get in an airplane personally right now, just because mm-hmm. I'm not into it. But, but I have friends who are traveling by the way, and they say that travel right now is the best ever because nobody's on the airplanes. Yeah. That's what I've heard. The plane is the easiest part. Yeah. Like, they're like, it's pretty empty. Okay, so your strategy for the holiday is to not stay up late. I never stay up for New Year's, by the way, because I always want to start the new year feeling fresh and good. I know. 
I can't remember the last time I went over. I know it's terrible. I hate, and I hate staying up late. Like I've just, I'm not that I wake up at five every day just naturally. And so I hate staying up late because it just means less time to sleep. So we'll not be staying. Because you'll wake up no matter what at five. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. And I have since college. So, or, or since like I was a kid, but college, even if I was drunk until three in the morning, I would still wake up at five and be screwed the rest of the day. So I just don't want to play that gamble. Did you used to wake up really early to work out at five? Is that how your body got acclimated or is five o'clock just always been your time? It's just always been my time since I was a kid. Okay. I'm a morning riser too. I actually just love watching the sunrise. I, yeah. So for me, if I go to bed early, it just means I get more sleep versus versus last because I'll yeah. get up at I'm, I'm like you. But I love you because you'll get up and you'll actually start posting. And I'm like, dude, you are, you are on. I also love the mornings. I have to say that the mornings are probably my favorite time because most people are sleeping unless you're morning people like us. Yeah. Okay, so somebody asked you, did you get constipated and what do you eat for snacks? You know, I did not get constipated, actually. I didn't have any issue with that. So I was really happy about that. And literally, I just eat beans for snacks. That's it at the end of the day. If I want something crunchy with it, sometimes I'll eat a couple chips, like cassava chips that I like or something like that, plantain chips. I'll have a couple of those, but it's literally just beans. Like before I hopped on this call, I went downstairs. I had some lentils, a couple spoonfuls of lentils. And as soon as I get off this call, I'll go make lunch, which will have lentils involved. So there's just always some sort of bean and ball for my snacks, especially. Yeah, and it's really great. I mean, you're also in a point, like I said earlier, you've personalized it. You make it work for you. You make soups. You make all kinds of varieties of foods. I see, and I'm always like, wow, you make so many good varieties. I am a creature of habit, so I constantly, like, I make a lentil soup. I eat the lentil soup till it's gone. Like, I don't, oh, make, yeah. I don't make something else. <laughs> totally. <laughs> not not going to happen. So I love the variety that you bring. And I know a lot of people who have come over to work with me and do the bean protocol, like they love your recipes that you're posting. Good. Yeah. Good. That's awesome. Yeah. Somebody's asking about bonitos. I've never done bonitos. They, they've not appealed to me, but I think you can have bonitos if you want. I would, I yeah, I've had them and they're delicious. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody asked if you do the fat snacks. Are you a fat snacker? I usually do like maybe two tablespoons of like peanut butter. A lot of nuts don't agree with my stomach. And so it'll be peanut butter. I'll have like granola butter as this little snack sometimes, but I don't go overboard on the fat just because I've had it. I haven't had great experiences with it with my skin in the past. And so since I've found something that seems to be working with me, I try not to go overboard with the fat. Yeah, and that's smart, actually, because a lot of people with acne and stuff like that, fat's not going to be the main player. Like, the main player is going to be your, your beans uh, versus the fat snack. And, yeah, and you, somebody's asking about chips, and you can find them with avocado oil, which is a, a better option. But, and I loved, I remember our first conversation, and I was like, wow, you're paleo, and you're like, I'm whatever works. That's what I am. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I love you. Completely. I mean, yeah. It's, I think we're just as communities where we just, we just want to be in a community as human beings. We just want to be in a community. So we're CrossFitters or we do orange theory or we eat paleo or keto. And like, we just all want to feel part of a community and that helps us relate to other people who are maybe doing the same thing. And as I get older, I feel less kind of drawn to that and just more to health. And if, you know, paleo is not working for me. That's totally fine. I, I 
see Paleo more as this clean eating guide of getting you away from packaged foods and processed foods and just eating real whole foods. And then to me, I'm like eating paleo with beans and with some now gluten-free grains because that works for me. So yeah, I'm just really whatever I want to be in that moment. And you've been gluten-free for a long time. Yeah, I've been gluten-free since probably 2009. That's amazing. I mean, I... The first, when I was diagnosed with my autoimmune disorder, they were like, you have to go um, gluten-free. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll go gluten-free. And it turned out that gluten wasn't a problem because I ate gluten. Now, the only reason I don't eat gluten is because it goes right to my ass. And so I, I don't do it because not in a good way. Because people are like, oh, you need, that's a great, amazing, you can get a big booty. And they're like, no, 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 it's not in a good way. It's like a uni butt kind of way. It's not, it's not a good butt. It's not like a workout butt. It's like a bad butt. So I, I stay away from gluten, but I was, I was really happy to see that my gut had healed so well that I really didn't have an issue with gluten anymore, despite all of the the gluten hate. So yeah, that's all go like the the other night I had ramen and I usually get ramen and just put like noodles in it, even though it has soy sauce in it. But last night I just, or whenever I had it was with noodles and my stomach kind of felt a little off afterwards, but it wasn't this like miserable experience. It was just like, Okay, I was dancing a little bit with the devil there, but it was still <laughs> worth it. And the noodles were so good because I just never had that kind of thing. It was freaking delicious. So yeah. I'll try some things sometimes, but I normally find it. I enjoy gluten-free just yeah. as much as normal gluten. The other thing that you might find over time, which a lot of my clients do, is although, oh, I haven't been able to eat X, Y, or Z for a long time. And the longer they're on the bean protocol, their gut gets more and more resilient, which is amazing. And I can only believe that because you're healing a lot of, you know, for a lot of people, gluten sensitivity comes from the flattening of the villi in the, in the gut. And so certain foods over time, they'll accidentally have some in something at a friend's house or at a restaurant and they'll go, I didn't have any reaction to it. And I think that's been an amazing thing for me also because in my illness, I had a laundry list of food sensitivities that have gone away over time. Like I don't really respond to anything poorly anymore except for beets. I have, I stopped eating eggs a long time ago because my skin would react whenever I had eggs. And so I'm hoping that can continues to get better and I can start adding in more eggs because eggs are delicious and I love them and I usually stay away from them. So I'll have to start trying that in a little bit. Yeah. When you're ready, start with an egg and see how it goes. Obviously, you know, everything you've worked incredibly hard for your amazing skin. So you don't want to do anything that disrupts that relationship. But yeah, maybe in time when you feel like really confident, Try an egg and see what happens. But it's interesting yeah. that with eggs for you, I do get that from other people too. Eggs and dairy are big, big in the breakout and and nuts. Somebody asked why is, are no beets? And I take them off just for the high sugar content, not because I don't do well with them, but because of their sugar content. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being on today. You're awesome. I love you. Love you too. Anytime you want to come and update everybody, I would love to have you on. You're amazing and such an inspiration. And like I said, you're just, you're, you're, you're yourself. You're okay being yourself. You're okay not being paleo. You're okay just doing what's best for you. And I just think you're an amazing role model for everybody out there trying to figure it out. Oh, thank you. Just to anybody who's listening, don't be scared to try it. Just give it a go, like, and stick with it because your life could be really changed for the better because of it. And I know it feels intimidating if you haven't started it, but I 
can I, it was brought to me for a reason and it changed my life so drastically in just six months. I know six months might seem like, oh, six months is so long. It is not. It flew by. It went by so fast. And think about what you were doing six months ago. Like that flew by. So just remember, even though it might so long, it will go by so fast and you'll continue to see better and better results every three months. It's going to get better, like you said. So I can't wait to see where I am in a year from now. If you think of the journey you've had with your skin for 20 years, three months, six months, nine months, even 12 is not that big of a deal in the scheme of our lives. Like I think a lot of people get freaked out. It's actually why I made my course two months instead of three months, because I was like, people are not going to be down with three months of beans. Mentally, it's just going to be hard, even though most people are going to start my course and really do it a lot longer than the two months that are on there. It's really my way of just getting you started, easing you into it, starting slow, going slow, letting your body adjust. But most people will be on it for either six or nine months, if not them figuring out a way to do the longevity diet for the rest of their lives. You know, there's going to be a point when you'll go to eating just beans with meals. You know, when you feel like, okay, my body is in such a good place, I'm just maintaining now. I'm, you know, because at a certain point, you don't, you don't need to like I still beat up if I'm super stressed out as a response because I'm a high adrenaline maker. I make a lot of adrenaline, even if life isn't pushing me, I naturally am pushing myself. So I do it as a counterbalance to stress sometimes, but three times a day is the maintenance protocol, which isn't that big of a deal. You can throw means in with anything, right? But yeah, in the scheme of our lives, I think we get caught up in like, oh, two months or three months or six months or nine months, like it's some big thing, but I don't know, I'm 40, I'm almost 45 and in nine months, eight years, actually not that much time in the scheme of it all. So yep. exactly. Don't be scared. Try it. Don't be intimidated by any time. Just start with one day at a time. Start with small now and then build your way up and live a healthier, longer life. Yeah, right. that right. Calmer, healthier and good skin. Exactly. <laughs> and better hair. And better, right? Better hair. Hormonal imbalances will be a cause for women to start losing their hair. And it's not uncommon for people who work out really hard to start to get the hormonal imbalance and then start losing their hair. So, and then also a lot of the side effects that you can see from acne drugs will be interesting things like that. So always look at, always look at the side effects if you're having side effects of any drug you're on. Totally. Right. Thank you so much, Jimmy. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Julie Bauer. We had so much fun on that live, and there's just so many incredible tidbits and wisdom of how to take care of yourself when you're healing, even when those around you don't understand, or even more so because those around you don't understand. I just, so much, so much wisdom there. Love, love, love talking to her and when working with her. She is now about to have a baby. Wishing you all the best, Julie, and for an easy delivery. And thank you so much for allowing me to accompany you on your healing journey with the Bean Protocol. I wanted to remind everyone that I do have group coaching coming up in July. And if you are interested in joining, go to my website, yourgrade.com, sign up for the newsletter, and you will be the first to know when the group coaching is opening. I do have a cap on it. I'm trying to keep these more intimate. If you are unable to attend the live sessions, you can watch them in your private group on Circle that you get with the group coaching and watch the recorded version. And you can always email me in between for support as well. 
Have a wonderful day. Happy healing.